Good to see you all this morning. It's great to be here. We are uh, continuing a, a series that we started on the, uh, the 12 apostles. And it's not coming up. We're going to talk about the Apostle James this morning. Uh, James, there's a, in the New Testament, there are uh, three men named James that are talked about. Uh, one man named James was the, the, the brother of Jesus. Uh, his brother uh, was named James, and James wasn't an apostle, but his brother wasn't, but he later became a, a believer and a Christian and a follower, and he uh, actually became a great leader in the church. And James's brother, uh, Jesus' brother James, wrote uh, the book of James that is in the New Testament. And then there was also James, the son of Alphaeus. He was also an apostle. He's sometimes called uh, James the Younger or James the Less. Uh, he's referred to that. And this morning we're going to talk about uh, James, uh, who is the son of Zebedee. James, the son of Zebedee, was also an apostle. He's referred to sometimes as uh, James the Elder or James the Great, although James would probably not like that term uh, referred to him. But uh, he was an apostle. <clears throat> His father, uh, uh, Zebedee, was uh, a fisherman. He owned a fishing business. And his uh, mother, Salome, she was one of the women that was mentioned in the New Testament uh, who followed Jesus and ministered to Jesus. And I am so thankful for these women like Salome who... We're able to bring just some amount of comfort to God's son while he was here on this earth. Uh, his brother would become the Apostle John, and he was the topic of our sermon last Sunday. And James and John worked as fishermen with their father, Zebedee. They had boats and hired servants. They had a successful business. These were hard-working, ambitious men of enterprise. And after Jesus got to know them, he called them the sons of thunder. After he got to know their personality. Mark 1 and verse 19 says that how James and John were fishing the Sea of Galilee. And they had partners that were also brothers Simon and Andrew who were fishing with them. And while James and John were fishing, their nets broke. And so they took the boat to the shore to mend their nets, while uh, Simon and Andrew kept fishing in their boat out on the sea. And about that time, Jesus comes walking down the shore, and he calls out to Simon and Peter to follow him. Become fishers of men, he says. 
And so Andrew and Simon leave their, their fishing boats and follow Jesus. And he goes up the shore a little bit further and he comes to James and John where they're mending their nets and he calls out to them to follow them. To follow me. And the Bible says they immediately left their nets and followed Jesus. And from that time on, the lives, the lives of these men would never be the same. You know, each of us has personality traits that make us unique. You may be an outgoing person, someone who is a people person, who likes to talk, you know, and, and socialize. Or you may be a more quiet person, more reserved, you know. You have different personalities than other people have different personalities. You might be someone who likes to joke around and a lot, you know. Or you might be more serious or more reserved. Uh, everybody's different. Everybody has different personality traits. And the 12 apostles were no different. Each of the 12 apostles had unique personality traits that made them different. And these apostles didn't just change overnight when they met Jesus. They still had these personality traits that they were, made them unique. And uh, we read about something James and John, we learn that these men were ambitious. They were ambitious men. They were men of action. And they had built this successful fishing business with their father. You know, and their mother was also ambitious. She, Salome, the Bible tells us in Matthew 20 and verse 20, Salome brought her two sons to Jesus. And they knelt down on the ground in front of Jesus and Jesus to ask them, ask him a question. And Jesus asked them, what, 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 what do they wish? What do you wish? And Salome said that my two sons would sit at your right hand and your left in your kingdom. Well, Jesus said in Matthew 20 and verse 22, he answered and said, you do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And they said to him, we are able. And so he said to them, you will indeed drink the cup, drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit at my right hand and on my left is not mine to give. But it is for those for whom it is prepared by my Father. Notice that Jesus didn't rebuke them for asking this question. Who here today doesn't want to sit next to Jesus in heaven? You know, they were... They were wanting to be with him. I wish more people wanted to be with Jesus and his kingdom. Sit with him. You know, Jesus asked James and John if they were able to drink the cup that he was about to drink. That he would drink in this earth. And they said, yes, I'd, I'm not sure they knew everything that was in that cup. 
when they said, yeah, yeah, we'll drink it. But Jesus told them, nevertheless, they would drink that cup that he was going to drink. Well, when the other disciples heard about what they had asked, it caused hurt feelings and resentment among the other apostles. Their ambition kind of got them got them in trouble with the other apostles, and they didn't like it. Well, that's when Jesus called everybody together to talk to them. And in verse 22 of Matthew 20, he says, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus used this to teach us something important about being a follower of Christ. It's about having the mind of a servant. This was radical teaching in the caste society that they were in of that day. The desire to be a servant. Do you see yourself as a servant? If you think about who you are, is that a servant? Is that how you think about yourself every day? I'm a servant. You know, if you're a Christian, you are. Jesus was a servant. That's what Jesus was. And you were bought with a price, his blood. So you are the slave of a servant. If you're a follower of Christ. And the apostles had to learn this lesson as well. James and the other apostles, they would forsake everything they had to follow Jesus. And James would see some amazing things. James saw Jesus heal so many people with sickness and disease. He saw people who were born blind being able to see again. He saw people who had never walked jump up and leap in the air at the command of Jesus. And the crowds would follow them because of all these miracles he was doing. James saw the power and the compassion of Christ. He saw Jesus command demon spirits to leave, and they would run away in fear. James watched as Jesus fed thousands of people with just seven loaves of bread. And then James went around and he helped pick up Seven baskets full of leftovers. After everyone had eaten all they could take. And in a small boat, he cowered in fear with the other disciples while Jesus slept. As the wind and the waves crashed in on the boat and rocked it back and forth. 
And James watched in stunned silence as Jesus silenced the, the storm with a word. Be still. He saw some amazing things. James was also one of just three apostles with his brother John and Peter who were alone with Jesus on many occasions when they saw some amazing things. Jesus took the three of these people into a little house where a little girl lay dead. She had died. And James watched as this dead girl heard Jesus say, Arise. And she became alive again. Jesus took the three of them, James, John, and Peter, up to a high mountain. And James saw Moses and Elijah. And he saw Jesus shining in this blinding light like the sun. And then James heard the voice of God. Booming from the heavens, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. James witnessed the agony of Jesus at the Garden of Gethsemane. And James could only watch as his trusted friend betrayed Jesus. For a few coins. And sent him to be crucified. James witnessed all these things and more. While he followed close by Jesus' side. And it had a huge effect on him. James wasn't an author like his brother John. But he was zealous for the Lord. James spent the rest of his life traveling around preaching the gospel of Jesus. He used this ambition that he had to save lives and grow the kingdom of of God. And he was so successful at it that the Jews wanted him killed. His Bold preaching about sin and repentance got the attention of the Roman government. According to John Fox, about 44 A.D., the the grandson of Herod the Great, who was the Herod that tried to have the baby Jesus killed, His grandson became the uh, governor of Judea. And Christianity wasn't popular in Judea. And Herod wanted to be popular. So, in order to become popular, he started persecuting the church. And he went after James. And shortly before the Passover... This false accuser came and accused James of something that warranted death. And Herod quickly sentenced him to death. 
But as James was in prison, this accuser of his, this man saw how he was acting, how he reacted to this. He saw the determination and the faith and the persistence and the peace that James had. And it changed this man. Herod refused to overturn the sentence after this man repented of what he had said. And so as they was leading James to be executed, this man ran out of the crowd who had accused him, fell down at James's feet, and begged him for forgiveness. I think James did. I'm sure James forgave him. Jesus would have. And this man stood up and said, James should not die alone. And he asked to be beheaded with him. And they did. They killed the two together. So James, they took James's life. And tradition has it that because he had traveled so many missionary journeys to Spain, that they buried his body. They took it to Spain and buried it there. The ambitious James the Great had become James the Servant. And he was the first of the apostles to be martyred for Jesus. But he wouldn't be the last. In fact, James's brother John was the only apostle that wasn't killed for Christ. Martyred for his faith. James drank that cup that Jesus said he would drink. He took the last sip from that cup when the sword took his life and finally silenced that bold tongue that he had, the preacher, the servant. How about you? Are you willing to drink that cup that Jesus drank? You know, you should know what's in that cup before you drink it. When someone hands you a glass, you look and see what's in it before you drink. Or you at least ask, what is this, before you drink it. Jesus' cup is full of sacrifice. There's a lot of sacrifice in that cup. We drink the cup of his blood every Sunday to remember his sacrifice as we commune with him. You drink the cup of Jesus when you suffer for his name. You drink the cup of Jesus When you choose to give instead of receive, because Jesus did. You drink that cup when you choose to do good and bless those who hate you, because Jesus did. You 
drink from that cup when you choose to follow God's will and not yours. Because Jesus did. That's what Jesus drank. There's loneliness. There's loneliness in that cup. Sometimes you're going to have to stand alone. You may lose friends. You may lose family. And if you drink at all, you may lose your life. But the cup of Jesus also has blessings and great peace. There is a very unique peace that comes from knowing that you are right with your Creator. There is joy in the fellowship of other Christians who also have that peace. Great joy. And there's comfort. There's comfort even in death, knowing what God has prepared for us in the age to come. Jesus took the Father, the the cup that the Father gave him. He took it and he drank it all. And he offered that cup to his apostles to drink. Only one of them spit it out. The rest drank fully. They drank it all. How about you? Are you drinking the cup of Jesus today? Are you drinking from that cup? Do you drink from it every day? Do you thirst for that cup like James did? I hope so. I hope you won't put it away and look for something more to your taste. But drink the cup that Jesus drank every day. If you'd like the prayers of the church, we always have an invitation song. Please come forward now as we stand and sing.